Saigon. Shit. I'm still only in Saigon. And we're on the air in five, four, three, two, one. Pencil. And when peace comes, remember, it will be for us, the children of today, to make the world... Let's get it over with. All right. Welcome to, to Here You Are, Wasa. I'm your host, uh, your co-host, one of your hosts, Dino Corvino, and I'm here with my partner, Eric Sorensen. And uh, so it's the 4th of July weekend, and uh, we thought we'd get this, this podcast done now before everybody, before you and I both sort of go and have a life, because you're, you're hitting the woods and I'm hitting the dog park, right? Right. And I know that you're excited to, to hit the woods. Cause that's well, and I know that all of our listeners are excited, because what we're going to do afterward is we're going to we're going to tell you about what we did. Right, exactly. So, so that's going to be next week's Right, so ne- yeah, next week's show, uh, I'm going to talk about the dog park, and Eric's going to talk about the cottage. So there you go. But this week's podcast, we, we hinted at it last week, or the last one uh, a couple weeks ago. We, we made a commitment to each other, like men do, and uh, we were both going to give up Evernote and try Microsoft's OneNote product. Since the since the last time we recorded a podcast, until thankfully tonight, so you can tell how that went for me already. So I'll start. You start. I'll start by asking you, how'd you do? Well, that's that's probably a good place to start because I have a feeling that my um, experience was not as as difficult as yours. Okay. I I take a lot of notes, and I they're mostly text notes. And I, I clip a lot of things to from the web for later, um, I don't know, use. And I use a lot of things for white papers or just personal information. So I'm, I'm, I'm clipping a lot of, I'm copying and pasting a lot of things that I clip out of Evernote into other documents. So for me, the OneNote transition wasn't that difficult. It was kind of nice, actually. I've got tab notebooks, I've got colored tabs to keep things organized there's a type anywhere layout which is you know that's kind of nice being that I have a design background and layout is key to just about everything so it wasn't that bad I kind of enjoyed OneNote really once in a while are you going to stick with it no I I might I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw it in the mix okay it's not going to take the place of Evernote but I'm going to throw it in the mix and try to make it more of my everyday yeah and we use it at we use it at work so it's oh it's easier to to embrace something when you use it every day right see i think that that's you know i think that that's really important be an important distinction because you're you have a chance like now you're using trello at work as well right then we very rudimentary rudimentary very easily use, uh, very simply use Trello for this podcast. Right. But I have a feeling we're not doing it right, or we're not, we're not using the capability. We're not even scratching the surface. Yeah. See, there we go. See, now that now it makes me feel bad because, you know, I'd, li- I'd like to at least scratch the surface. But I have a, you know, I work for a company that has over five hundred people. So right, they're not all on the Trello boards right but. but i mean now you know this podcast we have a staff of you know probably you know, two so you know <laughs> i was gonna say we have staff of hundreds you know right. i can, the thing is it's one of those it's it's like it's like everything else you, you know you and i really wanted to i or i really wanted to come up with a way to use slack you know because yeah. they made a cool video and i'm like that's let's try that and i could it could never I just like okay it's two people it's Eric and I you know like if it was three it was even if it was three people that would work I could see that a hundred percent more functionality but with two people it doesn't sort I mean we could essentially just call each other you know on the phone that you know at a certain point we weren't exchanging that many emails you know if we had a whole lot of people I can see how that would work but so so tell me, tell me some of the good things that you enjoyed about OneNote. I like the simplicity of note taking, 
and the familiarity with Word. Right. And, and even Excel. You know, you, you start typing something, you hit tab, bam, table. And I use Excel more than I use any other program right now. So okay. to, to have the, the ease of a table like that was great for me. You know, I started started using OneNote more often for this podcast. Um, and then it turned out that I was using it for tracking of, of uh, tracks, songs in Google Play that I was listening to, okay. Spotify. You know, and I was using it to track those. And it was just, it was kind of nice for those features. And I like the formatting. You know, being a designer, I want to format things. I've got, an, I've got a background, as I've talked about before, as in graphic design. So, right. you know, I want to see bold things. I want to underline stuff. I want things in a certain layout. You know, it, it's kind of nice. It has more of, uh, what I liked about it was it has a more real on-paper note-taking feel. Okay. So I start st- typing something over on the left-hand side of the page, and then I want to I want to make a little notation, a little arrow to that, or a little something, you know, a little box that that adds to what I just wrote. Sure, I can do that very easily in Evernote. I can just, or, I mean, OneNote. See how ingrained Evernote is. Right. I keep referring to it, um, I can do that very easily in OneNote by just clicking next to that paragraph of of information and start typing a new a new note. I can add a style to it. I can, you know, it just seems a lot easier for those types of things than Evernote was. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, the, so how did you, did you start, did you have an Outlook account or an Office 365 account? I think so. I, you know, these things come out and we set up accounts for right. everything and then we never use them. So I might have had one before, but um, no, I set up a new one for this podcast. Yeah. See, I have, uh, my email at outlook.com you know when when the outlook email addresses came out i'm like okay well at least it's not hotmail it's just you know kind of put our flag down where we want our email address to be and stuff and so so i started using it and that and that was um that was sort of my reintroduction to or my introduction to microsoft as a cloud-based uh provider you know it as a competition to, you know, my Google life, if you will. And so, you know, taking on, on OneNote, I did it sort of through that, which was, which was new to me. And so I, it was, it was nice. I'll, I'll say, I really, I'd like the thing that I really like, and I think I taught, I used this as an endorsement a while ago was the sort of integration of, or, or the sort of, yeah, the integration of the Microsoft suite if you will the you know word excel OneNote, powerpoint whatever else they have um you know even if it's within just within outlook.com their their free email service you get all of those as web-based products right so that's okay so they just gave away window or essentially office for free and i'm like wow that that sort of level of integration is is super cool for me because you know i think that as as you look at sort of how you work it becomes okay how can i for me it becomes how can i skip steps you know while while making sure that i'm securing the stuff i want to i want to secure and so i really i was i'm really impressed with microsoft but it's the, at the same way i'm really impressed with um Google. So the thing that the the shocking thing is how unimpressed I am with Apple in that right. regard. Right. You know they they simply it, to my knowledge just don't have a competitor. Just they're not even competing in that. You know because so there's Pages and Numbers and Keynote and all of that stuff. And I think you know all of us we use it as sort of okay, just as a fetishistic property. Oh, I'm going to try writing in pages. And then it's like, okay, well, nobody else in the world is doing this. You right. know, when you when you look at sort of the the people who talk about productivity or the how they work kind of stuff that I like to read about, I've never once ever seen an author go, well, I wrote my last book in pages. Well, you know, the problem with that, though, is that Google 
for instance, also they don't work the greatest with Microsoft and, right. and vice versa. However, they both acknowledge that the other exists. Yeah. Where Apple, you know, lives in this bubble. Right. And they don't work with the other ones. You can't take something that you did in Google or, or Microsoft, for instance, is a better example. You can't take something you did in Microsoft and import it easily into something that Apple did. Right. You can import it easily into something that Google did. They might not like each other as competitors, and they might be fierce competitors, but at least they accept the fact that the rest of the world uses these suites. Right. It, it, That's it, why, and, and Apple seems to have just sort of thrown in the towel on that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and it's one of those things where you just go, like, even, uh, even Outlook on my phone, I use Outlook as my email client on my phone. Right. And... I a buddy of mine has Word on his telephone, and he right. uses it as a writing platform. And I and I'm like, that's it's. And you look at it, and you're like, okay, first of all, that's ridiculous that you're writing an art. You literally wrote a whole article with your thumbs, but that's <laughs> that's fine. That's his process. You know, I think that's crazy, but uh, that I mean, he did it, and so. Uh, but they they are they're on all the platforms. You know, Microsoft is willing to go on Android and iOS and on their own, you know, mobile platform. And it's Apple doesn't seem to. I mean, I I suppose Pages exists on my iPhone. I mean, I I did download it, but I've never once opened it. All right, but you does know? it exist on your Windows 8 machine that right. you use at work? No, no. it doesn't. And it, it never will. Right, exactly. So unless you sort of have I was just watching the the horrible remake movie of uh, Miami Vice, and uh, the guy talked about vertical integration. And so, if you you know if you don't have that vertical integration, then all of a sudden you can't you know your your workflow isn't seamless. You know you're not really able to sort of work anywhere, which is the aspirational thing of of Wi-Fi and computers. You know, you, that's, and that's what's been great about Evernote and and OneNote is right. that they are integrated right you know so so tell me a little bit about you know kind of the specifics of, of how you sort of structure stuff in one note like so let's say you you uh, a project if you will does the project have its own notebook yeah I haven't used it to that depth right but I mean people at work have and I haven't gotten into that deep into the job yet but Yes, there's. I mean, there there's multiple pages within a particular notebook. Right. Pages within, or uh, notebooks within, the, within pages. Uh, I haven't really figured that all out yet. So in I used it that deeply. So then, but then in Evernote, how do you, how do you sort of break out notebooks versus notes? It's more of a dumping ground for Evernote okay. for me. Okay. How do you? So it's mostly it's mostly web clippings, right? And some note taking from those web clippings, but for the most part, I use Evernote, and always have, despite this you know, podcast. Um, I've always used Evernote as sort of a, a dumping ground, right? And then I go back in and, and filter out what I need when I need it, right? So then, so how do you know when when you want to go back in and find Article X? Do you do you know how do you search? Well, that's been that's one thing that, that where Evernote wins over OneNote is that Evernote's use of tagging is much better, much Thank more you. refined. You know, for instance, OneNote, if you want to tag something, it tags that entire line, where Evernote tags the work. So if you have you know something in that that document, that notebook, it's a lot easier to find than something so broad. Right. Yes. So for me, um, the way I the way I work in Evernote, so it's it's a lot of so I have a well prior to, to this period of unemployment, I I sort of divided up my work into specific projects. You know, um, I'm on the board of a of a healthcare agency, and so there was the healthcare agency notebook, and then within that there was the notes for, you know my board meeting notes, my 
I'm presenting something at the board meeting. There's my presentation notes. There's sort of pre-meeting notes and post-meeting notes. And there's all sorts of, like you, note-taking activities. But I tag things, or I tag things based on relationships. So if I if you were to go into my Evernote now and to pull up things that are for this podcast, they would be tagged with your name. Mm-hmm. Not, not with the project, because... It's a physical, personal relationships. Right, exactly. Okay. That that's how I that's how my brain um, works easiest. I this is significant because I'm going to talk to Laura about it. This is something I worked on with Carol. This is you know the these are the things for the podcast. So I, I look under Eric Sorensen, and so that's how I'm able to find it. That that the tagging. Um, was sort of the gateway drug for me to really sort of dive into Evernote. And Evernote became the sort of first application that I paid for. I, you know, I I went, okay, I, I can see the benefit of the offline working and things like that, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for this. And so it became, Evernote really, for lack of a better phrase, is my productivity suite because I'm, cap- I'm able to do everything I want within it. And so that's the one, that was the glaring thing that I wasn't able to do in OneNote. Right. I just simply wasn't able to figure out literally how to tag anything. And so I'm, you know, I was like, okay, this is that, this is that. And and I was, I figured out some notebooks and I figured out, you know, attached, I made some projects that I was working on that I'm still working on this summer. And I started working in there. But I, I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't come up with, I couldn't tag, I never, I still don't know how to tag anything. And so, you know, that that piece was was important. But the, the, the thing that Evernote does better is it, it is far easier to look at than Evernote is. Yeah. Or Evernote, OneNote does better than Evernote is that, it's the appearance. It looks like you were saying. It looks like a notebook. It look, you know, I can, you can sort of get the to the point where, okay, this looks like a, th- a trapper keeper. There are tabs, and that's you know, this looks right. like loose leaf paper, and da 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 da. And I'm like, okay, I got it. This this all makes sense to me. You know? Well, Microsoft has never had the user experience top of mind. Right, but I, th- but but don't you think that? I mean, have you? I think that they're getting closer. I they're mean, getting better. You know, they're I think better. that. But when, the thing, but the thing about it is, is Evernote was do, designed for, was built from the ground up for right. mobile. And it, yeah, web based. It's always been that, and and that's why they understand that better. Right. Because that's where they, that's where they began. Right. And it's it's funny with Evernote. I often think to myself, okay, stop developing. Just, just stop, you know, because, like, you know, they put out a line of scanners and they put out a line of backpacks and then they brand <laughs> a water bottle and I'm like, just stop. But then, you know, like the they backpacks, also sold out of that water bottle. That's a little bitter point for me that you can't, you couldn't get that bottle, water oh, yeah? bottle for a while. Which so. is, and what's nice, given my addiction to water bottles, I was oddly never tempted by the Evernote water bottle. Hmm. Which is strange, given how the much I love water bottles and Evernote. So, um, it it really is sort of. Uh, you're right. It really is sort of from the ground up. They they developed this thing, and so. And, but we've and we've talked about this before offline. Is we've talked about why Evernote has these products, and one of the things that we talked about was their Post-it notes, for instance. Sure. They have multicolored post-it notes, and why in the hell would Evernote need to do post-it notes? Right. Since 3M has nailed it for yeah. decades. But Evernote's post-it notes are tagged to the Evernote application. Yep. So you write something on this post-it note, you scan it with your phone, Evernote recognizes that color, Yep. and it takes that handwritten text and turns it into a notebook within Evernote. Yeah. That's a whole level of right. thinking that OneNote and Microsoft have not even begun yeah. to broach. Right. Even even the great team at Apple just sort of hasn't gone. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do that. You How know? do we take the real world and bring it in 
virtually, digitally. Right. Now, how do we how do we melt the two? They haven't really done that yet. Yeah, Nobody's like, done that yet. Evernote's done a good job of it, but yeah. I don't think the others have. I mean, it's funny because you know, as as I grow older, I want to have less devices, if you will. Like I think I've got my computing life figured out, and the thing that I'm most interested in buying now is a scanner because I can because of Evernote. So you know, the ability to scan, say for instance, receipts into Evernote is something that, you know, I started doing in 2014, like the second half. And so when I did my taxes, I was able to just electronically send him half my account guy, half of them electronically, and a shoebox full of the other half. But in 2015, I can see how, yeah, I'd like to, you know, at the end of a week, scan my receipts, you know, quickly into Evernote and then have them. I think that that's, you know, or or I use it as a a record for bill paying. So if you know, if I buy something online or I pay a bill online, I forward the email to Evernote. And mm-hmm. I use, you know, the the titling conventions, the naming conventions that we use in the podcast, I apply those in Evernote or across the board and that helps me search dates. And so all of that, you know, is one is is sort of the way Evernote over time became integrated into both my life as just a person and my my working life. You know. So Evernote's scannable app, yeah. does that not work for you? It does work for me. Okay. But the thing so why is why would you want to buy a, a hard because the thing is, I, I want to go I want it to go faster. Like just the the scannable app is not very fast. Sure. You know, like if I go, the, the scanner that I really want is, so if you go to, to Target tonight, there's a, uh, at the uh, photograph kiosk, you can put a, a stack of pictures, paper pictures in there, and it will scan, it will read them all, scan them in one at a time very, very quickly and hand you a CDR full of your pictures digitally scanned. And I really want that scanner for receipts and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm like, okay, you know, like I have a, I got a new printer for the house and it has a scanner. And so I, I configured it kind of to scan for Evernote, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's not very fast, you know, it doesn't do very well, but you know, I really, the, the scanning of receipts and documents is something that I think Evernote does really well. And it, it's also my understanding that I didn't try to do that with the Microsoft product because Microsoft has a has a product that does that as well. So, And what's it called? I don't know. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, I just sort of, I know it's out there. I read about it sort of in the the Evernote versus OneNote articles that we that we read and things like that. And uh, I just I just never gave it a shot, so... You know, I, I feel bad, but not too bad. I think that, you know, I think that Microsoft is putting together a suite of applications that is is going to ri- is going to rival Google Drive. I mean, I I'm sort of one argument with myself away from paying for Office 365. You know, <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm I'm also sort of on the cusp of buying a new computer, and so if I buy a new computer, then you know, I'm not. I have uh, a license. I have a Microsoft Office license from work. That my previous employer that's installed on this computer. You know, it's still updating and everything's fine. But at some point, you know, I should probably stop exploiting that. You know, get my own. But sure. uh, like, yeah, I installed Office 365 on my mom's Mac Mini, and just sort of amazed at how great it is. You know, just. But at, and I, when you use it every day in an right. office setting, it, it makes more sense. It makes something like OneNote more comfortable right. because you understand how to use everything in and out. You know, if you're if you're new to Evernote, this might work better for you because you understand you know the standard Office ribbon, yep. and features, the, the the commands. You know. Yeah. I yes. I I mean it. To to bring it back to sort of the beginning of Twitter, I remember the exact moment where I went, okay, now I understand Twitter. 
<laughs> because you know we we live in central wisconsin and, and you know there there was at one point one guy in our in in town sort of championing championing social media so, you know you got to be on twitter you got to be on twitter so like you know he's our friend or he was our friend so we'd get on social we'd get on twitter and be like okay well i don't know what the hell it's me you and him okay right. great we can just talk to each other we we just talk to each other why don't we we don't need this and uh but i was at uh i was at blog world in vegas 10 years ago and i'm looking at my i don't remember what kind of phone it was i think it was a blackberry i think it was a blackberry mm-hmm. and uh and i was getting twitter messages about parties in the hotel i was at that's hey, right hey we're at a, we're at room 243 or suite 15 you know, if you're at Blog World, come on up and da 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 da. Hashtag Blog World 1998 or whenever that was. There were hashtags back then. I don't know if there was or not. Oh. You know, maybe there was. But uh, you know, something would. You know, and then I went to a party, and I'm like, okay, Twitter told me there's a party, and I went to the party, <laughs> and there was a party. Okay, this is what Twitter's for. Okay, now I understand. You know. Now, if I just knew what so and so was having for lunch. Right. Exactly. Now, if someone if if I could take a picture of my food and somehow communicate that to everybody, then I think this would really be working. But and everyone forever would know what this was about. Exactly, yes. And so, you know, it was that sort of moment. And for me, Evernote was, I, I had that moment in, in late 2013 with Evernote. You know, sort of, I know, I, you know, like I'd, I had read David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, and I became, you know, the, I became productivity boy, and I was really interested in how people work and stuff, and people kept talking about Evernote. And I'm like, this just doesn't, I don't really get this. I'm still fine saving articles to Outlook or, you know, whatever sort of workflow I was doing. But then when, when I, when someone talked to me about tagging, and I and said you know, I tag based on relationships. I just went, oh, oh, okay. Now I got it. And then, for, then when you talked to me one day, I don't know how long we talked about, you know, naming convention. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is even better now. <laughs> this, I've now I've now I'm done. I'm just in there. And so you were talking about how in OneNote you liked the the ability to you know, kind of make boxes and do things like that. So a good portion of, you know, for a long time I worked in public health. And so public health is really sort of in 1987. You know, if we could, I think public health practitioners would still fax each other information. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're really being dragged into email in 2015 or, you know. And so every meeting, you know, for the most part, an agenda would come out with a PDF, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, and it's at some point, you know, you walk into a, to a board meeting or a committee meeting and you really haven't paid attention and the staffer ha- hands you a, hands you a piece of paper and okay. Yep. All right. I know what I'm talking about. Here we go. It's just, I'm just an attendee of the meeting. I'm not presenting or doing anything like that. And so, you know, it, you know, you get, now I get a PDF of a board meeting agenda packet that I'm, that I'm doing and uh and i use the application on my ipad called notability and that allows me to use uh a stylus and annotate within the pdf and then i can then save the annotated pdf into evernote and so that that i really like whereas you you sort of described it as you could do that all within OneNote. Well, you can well, you can kind of do that. That's where OneNote falls short as far okay. as PDFs go cuz a lot of you know, if you have to if you clip a PDF for right. instance into Evernote from the web, you can then copy and paste text from within that PDF okay. to another document. Like if I'm writing a white paper about something and I want to uh, you know, quote this so and so and what he said about something right i can copy that quote and put it into a word document and continue writing i can't do that in OneNote. okay it's a it's an image in OneNote that oh, pdf wow. so and I, I don't remember if it's searchable or not right within the pdf within that that is exactly why i pay for 
Evernote. You know, because, and it's searchable. Yeah, because because it's searchable. That PDF is searchable. Right. That's yeah. a that's a big hindrance. Yeah. To OneNote. Right. And so you know, working in public policy like I do, and working in politics, there's still a lot of PDFs. Things like the the state budget. You know, fifteen hundred pages. Okay. Well. I don't want to look through that. I want to right. be able to search for what I, the phrases I want, and Evernote allows me to do that. So it's like, okay, there that 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 justify that nine dollars is justified right there, you know. Right. So, yeah. So, so you're not you're not going to stay with OneNote, huh? No, no. I might. I'm going to try to use it more, just because I'm using it for work. Right. But as far as personal things go, I'm still tied to Google Drive. I know there's extra steps involved for what I do, but if I'm you know, going to take a quick note, it's either Drive or or Doc, you know, Google Docs, Google Sheets, yeah, or Evernote. So, so I, I want to do we're we're gonna do a podcast at some point just about Google Drive. Yeah, because I think that that you know, you and I both are you know mobile users you you more than me you know your your first screens are are mobile devices so right. but i but i really have my ipad has really come on and sort of taken over and and so i really like it and so i i'm really interested in hearing you talk more about how you use google drive because google drive for me a lot of times is is sort of uh a storage dumping ground, if you will, you know, kind of a a backup of Dropbox, and that's and that's not, and I don't think I'm using it well, you know. So you seem to have a you seem to have a better handle on Google Drive than I do. So I'd like to see, and I think yeah, and, I, and that'll be an interesting podcast because I think we'll end up talking about Evernote a lot as well. Because right. I think that you use Evernote the way I use Drive. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that'll be a fun podcast. So. Yeah. So, what are your closing thoughts about OneNote? Potential. I think it's got potential. It's not there yet. Um, yeah, I don't know if a, a paid subscription to Office 365 would change anything, right? As far as the app goes, you know. And I use OneNote more on the iPad than I do on the iPhone, just because of the screen size. Sure. So I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think for me, it's not it, going to take over for me. Right. I think the thing for me is uh, what I experienced. I really wanted to do it. Like I, I really am sort of. I'm really tempted to jump ship and go. You know, use my Outlook email as my primary email and start using that stuff as, you know, kind of the the primary things, but I'm. I'm not there yet just because I don't really have a community of uh, of other enthusiastic users. Like, I don't know if you subscribed to... I subscribed to the Evernote uh, feed on YouTube, and they just put out 30 new videos this week. Wow. How to use... How to write in Evernote, how to web clip in Evernote, and they just put out these five-minute things, and it's like, okay... And then there's, you know, 15 million comments where people are explaining how they use Evernote. And the community is, is very strong and very, very passionate. So I, I, that's, you know, kind of a, a redeeming feature, a feature that I really like a lot. So We'll also do a podcast down the road on how we manage time for social media. Okay. Because one thing that I've always, you know, you and I being friends and you being more ingrained in social media than right. I am have always have been jealous of I guess is you finding the time to do all of the things that you do within those realms sure I would love to sit and watch all of these videos on YouTube but I never seem to have the time right yeah I never well, seem to make the time I don't know which it is but we'll have to talk about that someday yeah well you have you know you have a different set of parameters for me but at the same time yeah we can talk about that so that'll yeah. be that'll be fun so let's. Uh, I like the so yeah to 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 close. I yeah. like the potential of Evernote, but I mean of OneNote. I like the potential of OneNote. <laughs> yeah, 
I like I like the visual of OneNote. The the appearance of it is is far more appealing to 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 even to me as a power user of Evernote. But I I do really like how it looks. I just I just don't know really kind of how it works. And I and I you know maybe I'll give it another try. You know maybe I'll pick a project for this summer and and do it in. OneNote, and I'll yeah. try that. But I, you know, without sort of a strong community of people that I can learn from, it's it's really hard. You know, sure. it's really tough. So that's uh, that really was uh, that was a hard that was a hard couple of weeks, buddy. Yeah, I mean, because for me, I do my like if I have a meeting, like today I had a meeting um, with a, a foundation representative to to get some money, and. Uh, so I prepared for it. I, you know, I do notes to prepare for the meeting. And then after the meeting, I, I take notes on sort of what happened, you know, just so I can remember going forward to get it out of my head. So I'm not required to remember anything. Right. And, uh, that it was, it was a little bit weird doing that in, uh, one note because I had to come up with a new way to do it or come up with a new way to sort of see it. Cause it's different. It's just si- simply different. So, but it was, it was visually, I think OneNote is visually more appealing than Evernote, but organizationally, I prefer the the tagging of Evernote to to just about everything else. So, if you use it a lot, that's really what it comes down to is yeah, the searchability. You yeah, to be able to find what you put in there. If you can't, it's exactly. Useless. Yep. All right, so let's do our endorsements. We both we both have full cards on Trello. All right. we, we successfully did this. Wait, I want to go back and look at and you. And you did it. Yeah, okay. You did that too. All right, so I'll let you start. Go for it. Oh, you're going to let yep. me start. All, All right. right. I am going to start with a record. Okay. It's a band out of Portland, I believe, called Bully. And they're uh, sort of 90s nostalgic punk I forget what her name is. She's a, there's a female lead who's reminiscent of Juliana Hatfield. Oh wow! Yeah, it was recorded. The, the album, the album is called Feels Like, and I think it's their first album. We've had a, an EP before this, but um, yeah, it was recorded at Electric Audio Studio in Chicago, and it's sort of this summer coming of age record. Really good. That's cool. Really good. So. Uh, Pitchfork. I, I just okay. I love this quote, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. Okay. Pitchfork. Um, they described it as compounding all the external fuckery in a black hole of self doubt and self deceit that she's trying to break through. <laughs> no. That's as a writer. That's that's some good shit. I figured you'd like that. That's really if you can get fuckery into a into a <laughs> sentence, you're you're really. You're really pushing. That's pretty cool. Good for that guy or girl. <laughs> wow. So uh, I'm actually going to uh, endorse a store. Oh, so okay. here here in Wausau, we don't have uh, – we have a Best Buy for electronics, but we also have, you know, a strangely Apple-based retail store called Happy Mac. And so uh, I'm endorsing Happy Mac. And the okay. reason is – Recently, they talked me out of buying a new computer. What? Which, yeah, I found shocking. So, you know, I I have uh, my MacBook Pro uh, I got in 2009. So, and I'm noticing that it's aging. It's sort of getting up there in years. And so I, I, I called and I said, hey, I want to come in and talk to the sales guy about, you know, uh, for whatever reason, I sort of feel I should call ahead. Hey, I'm Dino. I'm coming in. Be ready to talk to me kind of thing, which is <laughs> stupid. But I do it anyway. And so I called and I wanted to go in. And uh, and they said, you know, they, they pulled up my computer on the files. And they're like, well, your computer's from 2009. You know, what we could do is we could, you know, put some RAM in it to do an OS level tune-up. And it'll be a brand new machine. It's still a really good machine. And I said, okay, well... You know, and I had a separate plan that required me buying a new computer, and uh, I'm like, "Wow, all right, let's do that." And they literally talked me out of buying a new machine. Wow. And I, you know, because what I was going to do is, 
you know, at some point this MacBook Pro is going to die. And so it's essentially a home computer at this point. I don't take it with me anywhere, you know. At work, when I would travel in the past, I would take it with me, but I'm unemployed. And so, like, the last the last six months of my job, I was taking my iPad with me instead of uh, my computer when I traveled. And so now I've got sort of, I've got my iPad cooking, you know, like I've got it figured out sort of for projects and the things I want to work on, I can, I can use it. So I was just going to buy a Mac mini for the house and use that as sort of the home base for editing podcasts and things like that, you know, around the house. And they're like, that's, that's a good idea. You could do that, you know, and we'll sell you the computer, but you also, you know, just don't have to, if you, you know, simply kind of up your, you know, you upgrade the RAM and, you know, kind of clean up the machine, you know, for, and he's like, for 150 bucks, it'll seem like a whole new machine. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it, you know, (laughs) because how often does that happen? That just simply doesn't happen that somebody talks you out of something. So Hmm. I was, I was really impressed with that. So, Hmm. yeah. All right. So what's your next one? There's a game called Monument Valley. Okay. I've seen, I've seen the, the, Seen it, heard of it. Yep. It always seemed kind of interesting, sort of like a living M.C. Escher painting. Okay. I don't... I'm not a gamer. I don't, right. I rarely pay for apps. But I go to Starbucks every day. Right. Almost every day. And Starbucks gives away um, these free apps, free music, that sort of thing, through iTunes. Right. They get a little card, little code, little... Well, a couple of weeks ago, they had Monument Valley, so I was all excited. I picked it up, took it home, started playing it, with my five-year-old and uh we ended up beating it oh she more than me right the five-year-old is showing me how to play the game and neither of us had played it before it was kind of funny so i i was kind of proud because i don't i don't play games i rarely ever play a game i there was a game i played in the 80s there was a game boy game i got hooked on in the 90s and that was pretty much it what so, ga- what game boy game uh it was called solomon's key Okay. It was kind of like um, Mario Brothers. Okay. But but inside of a, a cave or a mine kind of sure, thing. Sure, sure. You walked and you knocked these bricks. There were these little ghosts that would chase you, and you'd have to throw fireballs at them. It was kind of fun. And then the the game in the 80s was Hogan's Alley. Do you remember that? No. And it was a shooting game. Okay. And it was on... It, it, you go into the arcade. What was the arcade's name in the mall? Do you remember? Aladdin's Al- Castle. Aladdin's Castle. Oh, God, that came so fast. That's amazing. Wow. Anyway, so this game had Hogan's Alley on one side and it had Duck Hunt on the other. Okay. They were both shooting games. And this Hogan's Alley was, you just had these little alleyways and it was your standard shooter where the little things with the little, um, I don't even know what they were called, but they would, they would roll out and then they would turn. And it was either a bad guy or a good guy. And you had to figure out real quick what to shoot. Okay. Well, yeah. So I, I was fairly good at that, and I ended up beating that one. But since then, I haven't really played games, and I have really no interest in it. But this Monument Valley is very interesting. So it, it's it all these optical illusions and things twist and turn, and there's this little little uh, princess that runs around and has to go through all these doors, and there's crows that yak at her, and it's just it's hilarious. And Olivia and I got hooked on it, and a couple days we played the whole thing out wow yeah that's cool yeah Yeah, i have a what do i have i have a nintendo ds that i don't i haven't picked up in months maybe a year i don't even know i should find that game boy she'd probably be all into that i think i have pac-man and that's solomon's key and a couple of other things but yeah i mean it was the black and white it wasn't even color it was right my mom still has her uh Get her black and white Game Boy, and she still plays Tetris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I have Tetris too. You know, yeah, no, I, yeah, never been interested. What I get a so. kick out of with that stuff is, you know, like I got my mom a, a Kindle Fire and I got her a, an iPhone, and they're just all she does is download video games. <laughs> like I remember when I had, you know, in sixth grade, I saved up for a year to buy an Atari Twenty Six Hundred. You know, my dad is like, those video games are going to turn your head to mush. You know, <laughs> those guys, those games are making you stupid. And now his wife is just, I mean, she's just addicted. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's you funny. know, so, 
yeah, like she's up north and she's like, oh, I can't get, we have to get Wi-Fi at the house up north so I can keep playing this casino game. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, sure, you know, I don't mind Wi-Fi at the house, but, you know, doing it for the wrong reasons there, Mom. But I'll take it. So yeah, yeah they're addicting because then you know, like these these iPad games. I think there's only certain levels. So this one, there's only two levels, and then there was some special level. Right. So after you're done with it, you gotta sit and wait for them to update the the right the app to get more levels. So it yeah, is, my niece plays uh, Kindle games. There's she's probably downloaded 300 games on on my mom's Kindle. And they're all, you know, like Barbie games or surgery right. games or just sort of frozen games, just little kid, little kid games. Right. And what kill, what she gets most frustrated by is, but she's also aware that you, Uncle Dino has to pay for certain parts of the game. Right. And Uncle Dino, can we buy this part of the game? No, Sophie, we can't. You know, because otherwise it'd be everything. Like I, you know, before I knew there was a setting that you had to turn on in on the Kindle, she bought $78 worth of, of uh, Angry Birds games. Yeah. And I'm like, nice. okay, I don't, we don't need the Italian version of the Super Pack. I, you know, and <laughs> to their benefit, whoever the Angry Birds people are, I, you know, I emailed them and they immediately refunded the money and took the stuff off the, the Kindle. But I'm like, okay, yeah, we got there's got to be a setting to prevent four-year-olds from buying stuff on this. So... Yeah. It's kind of I'm, I'm I don't know how I feel about it, but it's kind of interesting to watch her bargain for using the money that she's saved in her piggy bank to buy the extensions to the games. Yep. It's like okay, well I know I want that dog that I showed you on TV the other day, right? But what if I didn't get that dog and I used the money for this game? Right. Yeah. That. Serious? Right. Okay. It, yeah. It's time to take it away from you. Right. <laughs> right. See, that's the thing. We have a we have a family. Now we're both getting parenty here. We have a thing in our in our family where we take those devices away in the summertime. Like we all we all made a pact because Sophie knows how to use all of our phones. Right. So she, you know, Mario has certain games. Heather's got certain games on their phones. But in the summertime, come May first, we all delete all that stuff off of our phones, mm-hmm. and then we we take the she only can have the Kindle for a certain time. You know, she has a she has a, a Google tablet or a Nubby, I think it's called Nabby, Navi, whatever. Right. Uh, an Android tablet I bought her. We take all that stuff away in the summertime because you know, go outside. You know, and so right. Right. it's but it but yeah, I mean, I can see how she just would would get a addicted. I can you know, I mean, hey, we can both. I can't tell you how long I sat and played Two Dots. You know, oh, or. Really? Yeah, or, you know, God knows what, you know, you just sort of sit there and go, I'm going to take the time to play this thing, and all of a sudden, three days have passed, and if you're unemployoyed, it's like, okay, this is really easy, right. just to sort of let a week go by. So I, I just you know, changes when you get older, you know, right. now we're addicted to, addicted to things like Evernote. Right, but now, like for me now, the, the game that I play the most often is, is chess, because I'm able to play it with, uh-huh. against a friend of my, uh, my former boss, actually. You know, he's a chess guy, and so we we play. He put it's on his phone and it's on my phone, and we play against each other, and that's kind of nice, you know, because cool. he lives somewhere else. So, but yeah, it really is something. So, uh, my next endorsement. Let's see, I'm gonna try to match yours. Yours was a, a record, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna uh, endorse a movie that hasn't come out yet and that I haven't seen. Oh, interesting. Um, so uh, there's the 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 genre the coming of age story right that's a pretty common thing especially mm-hmm. you know for those of us who sort of had shitty or we view our childhood as angsty time and stuff like we're the outcast kids and so uh you know coming of age movies are great you know dead poet society the whatever the other ones are um there's finally one that was that is now literally set in the time when I was coming of age. Oh, wow. So it's this, uh, it's the kid, His I think his name is Asa Butterfield. He was the kid who was in Ender's Game. Right. Um, uh, he's coming of age in 1982, you know, 1982, 83. And he uh, moves to New York to, to be with his uh, bohemian father played by Ethan Hawke. Mm. And the kid is really into punk mm. rock. 
and he's being exposed to punk rock in New York City for the first time. And in the preview, he's got uh, hair like the Misfits, and he's wearing a black flag T-shirt. And I'm well, like, you're sold. I'm that's like, all it took, that's really. it. That's probably the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> I know this is going to be good. I am. I'm pre-ordering it before it even gets to the movie theaters. Funny. But yes. So and it's you know he falls in love and he forms a band and you know it's it's hilarious I I I was I saw it on the the Apple trailers preview page and I'm like that's it greatest thing ever you know I was completely <laughs> sold immediate like it was just because all the other sort of coming of age movies sort of miss my coming of age era you know by just a little bit like there's that movie coming out dope. That's about the same period of time, the same number, the same chronological years. Right. But I don't feel quite as connected to that one for some reason. Probably because you're white. Because I'm a white kid. <laughs> but uh, I was I was not a young, outcast African American kid really into hip hop. So I was a white kid really into punk rock music. So thankfully, ten thousand Saint ten what is it ten thousand? Let me look. 10,000 Saints. Yep, so it'll be coming out this summer, and uh, I'm sure we'll do an entire podcast of me talking about how great it was. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Dope. Oh, God. I think it's out. I think it's... Is it here? It probably is. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, and if it's here, as soon as as you want to go, as soon as you free that time up, I won't... There will... Nothing will get in my way. You bet. Yeah. I mean, um, speaking of Asa Butterfield, he in coming of age films, yep. he was one of the proposed new Peter Parkers. Really, in the, in the Spider-Man that's that's going to be appearing next year in uh, Captain America three, okay, whatever Captain America Civil War, okay, and then Marvel's you know partnering with Sony to create new Spider-Man movies. Well, he was in the running. He didn't make it. He said some stuff I think that he shouldn't have. Sure. So he got he got booted, but. The Kevin Feige, Feige, whatever his name is, who produces all of these Spider-Man movies, had said recently in an interview that the new Spider-Man is going to become, or he wants it to be, it's going to be more of a John Hughes film. Oh. So it's kind of interesting because, that, you know, that coming of age will definitely be a part of the new Spider-Man movies. That's a cool movies. take on it, yeah. Yeah. Because I've never liked, I mean, I've gone to most of them, or the one, the early few I've gone to the some the Spider-Man movies and I have never liked any of it. No, and, and I really I, like Spider-Man. Right. You right. know, but, but like, part of it was that angst. It was that coming of age. Right. It was that sort of figuring, figuring things out as a teenager. Right. You know, at one point, Randy Macho Man Savage is in there. <laughs> you know, or there's, you know, the the Tobey Maguire, essentially staying alive dance scene. You know. And yeah, that's. Well, that was a bad movie, but right. Yeah, yeah, like okay, well, you know, Lloyd from Wings or whatever the guy's name is, you know, <laughs> plays the Sandman, and it's it all just was so none of it none of it was right, and I was like, you know, and now you look at the Marvel, you know, the the comic book, the comic movies now, and they're just remarkably well thought out, and it it comes from the fact that ten years ago. Marvel put together a 20-year plan for their cinema work. You know, and okay, yeah, the Thor movie you're not going to like, but in eight years, that's going to pay off somewhere. Okay, you know, that's just sort of brilliant, you know, strategic thinking. Right. All right, so what's your next one? Well, it's the Summer of Records, so I got another record. Okay. Donnie Trumpet and the Social Experiment. Oh, boy. Heard of them? Nope. No, it's one of those collaboration records that are so awesome. Chance the Rapper has a, okay. band, has a band called The Social Experiment, which uh, features Chance, Nico Siegel, Peter Cottontail, and Nate Fox. Whoa. Yeah. That's a hell of a group. And the record is called Surf. And there's, you know, J. Cole is on there, BJ the Chicago Kid, Janelle Monet, Buster Rhymes. Holy shit. B.O.B., Erica Badu. It's, it's a hell of a compilation. Some reviewer referred to it as a musical vacation. They said it begins like the Beach Boys and ends with the looping pop melody of a lost 70s AM radio record. Well, I'm going to buy that as soon as we're done. And it's uh, it's just super unique. 
rap, funk. There's some shoegazing in there. I mean, it's just, it's a hell of a collaboration. And wow. I miss those collaborations. You know, there's some really fantastic musicians who have partnered with friends over the years. And I really, it's just, yeah. The ex those experiment records were always so awesome. And the 90s was full of them. Remember, right. like yep. PE and Anthrax. Yes. I mean, yeah. There were a lot of those records. And yeah, like and I have, I just put a soundtrack on my iPad from the movie Graves End. Oh yeah, right. The Graves End soundtrack is all weird collaboration stuff between rap and rock people, and it's and it's not like the sort of Limp Biscuit shit. It's you know House of Pain and whatever weird L.A. rock band they worked with. You know Alice in Chains and, and the Rhyme Syndicate. So you right, know. right. Yeah, so that that's really cool. You know that that's hilarious because I'm gonna I literally am gonna buy that as soon as we're done here. So, did you hear that? Uh, I think it's a free download actually on wow. iTunes. Okay, good. So, so in in music news and uh, sort of hip hop news, I don't know if if you care, but Tyler the Creator's crew, Odd mm -hmm. Future, broke up. No way, really. Yep, he ended it. Wow. And sort of, he spent the last couple of weeks sort of doing podcasts and interviews, kind of explaining in a very grown-up way, oddly for him, mm -hmm. you know, that everybody's gotten opportunities and we don't see each other every day. So, you, you know, we're all going to go do our stuff and that's it, you know. And so I think that that was, you know, I, I have a hard time balancing the shit that comes out of Tyler the Creator's mouth with the fact that, you know, I'm a feminist and I, you know, he says just some of the most horrific things, but, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, you really are kind of onto something, kid, and I really, you know, kind of respect that. But yeah, they're 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 break they're broken up, which was kind of, wow. you know, Odd Future was kind of a cool crew. I really liked as a skateboard punk rock child. I really really liked the energy of it as a grown man really hated the shit that came out of their mouths but yeah. you know I liked I really sort of thought this was the, this is the first time I ever saw like what I remember like my skateboarding youth energy sounding like so yeah um I've you know I the the breakups though I I'm I'm so I, I just I don't believe them anymore right you know, in recent years, everybody's broken up, and then all of a sudden they're back together. And they're right. who did Crystal Castles has a new yep. record out? Death Grips. Well, yeah, Death Grips. I mean, all of these people are breaking up and getting right. back together. It's just promotion. Right. And Death Grips is a band that I think should be broken up because <laughs> they're it's just a nightmare sound. They're so they toxic make. together. Right. They just really and they keep making this music, and I go, God. I love this. I don't even think I like this, though. I just, you know, yeah, yeah. Just it's, yeah. That that guy, th those guys should probably stop. But, uh, um, so uh, let's see. What's your last? I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with an app that I that I've discovered that I, or that I've started to really use that I paid for, um, called Plex. Mm -hmm. So. Over the years, I'm a movie guy, so over the years I've I would buy DVDs. And I, you know, probably got 150 DVDs. And that that, you know, becomes okay, this is the the reason that I own a DVD player. But all of a sudden I'm like, okay, there has to be a way for me to to back up all of these DVDs just in case something fails. The same way I can rip my CD collection for the most part to hard drives. I was, you know, I always wanted to do that, put it, back it up somewhere. You know, that way I could just load it onto my laptop, load a movie onto my laptop. When I'm on the plane, I can watch a movie. So over the years, you know, streaming has, has become a thing. And But some of the movies that I like or that I've bought aren't on any streaming service because as you can imagine, I have a rather unique taste in movies to go along with this stuff. Um, so uh, a couple years back, I discovered the software called Handbrake, which is a DVD ripping software. So I would rip the movies from, from the DVD copy to uh, a hard drive. And then I'm like, okay, how do I get it from the hard drive to my television? And I had no way to do that. And then two years ago or a year ago, I got a Chromecast. And I kept trying to find a way to get movies from this hard drive 
to the Chromecast so I could watch it on my big screen and eventually get rid of the this pile, this box full of DVDs that I don't want to own. And uh, Plex happened. And so what Plex is, is it's a, you upload all of your media content, no matter what it is, to a, to a media server in the cloud. And that the uploading is free and you pay for uh, the application to be on your phone or on your computer. So I leave the hard drive plugged into my computer turn the, the media manager on and it loads it it's that's the host and so I can sit in my chair and I can grab my phone connect my phone to my Chromecast and log into my media server and any movie that I've ripped to or any media that I put on the server can be played through my Chromecast on my television oh nice and so I'm like okay that's it I've, I've got it figured out now and so that that was really cool and then my buddy Newman recently got me uh, found me uh, copies of the TV show that I love called Rubicon online because Rubicon doesn't it was a AMC show that existed for one season and then it doesn't it's not on Amazon Prime or Netflix and you can't even buy it on DVD but he managed to find it somewhere on the internet because that's his thing. And so I got that and I put it up on the hard drive and I'm like, I can watch it again now when I want. And so I was really, now it's sort of really convenient to do that. Like my phone becomes a remote control, if you will, for my television. Awesome. Which I like. So, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I'll so that's that's that. it. I have to get, I don't know, am I drive doesn't work so most of the movies i have i can't even rip to the hard drive oh yeah, yeah. well you should let me know i uh, i'll rip them to mine and then you can just log into my media server <laughs> there you go i mean then you know and you can do it from your house so all right all right buddy it's the fourth of july it's, be it's, safe yeah don't blow right. your hand off exactly don't blow my hand off i'll be spending most of the time with it in the dog park so yep I'll be spending most of my time, in, or at least some of my time, in an outhouse. And covered in, in mosquito dope, I imagine. With no air conditioning. Are they going to bring the new baby up to the no air conditioning? I think tomorrow they're bringing him up. Just for yeah. the day? Yeah, just for the day. Yeah, because it's supposed to, it, We live in Wisconsin, for the many listeners, and it's supposed to be nearly 90 degrees this weekend. Oh, much, much more fun. Yeah, I, yeah there you, you go. Because I know you're a big fan of wearing the short shorts. I'm a big fan of just anything outdoors. Yep. I'm all, I'm all about that. <laughs> Especially the heat and the humidity, right? You bet. And if there's <laughs> trees and rodents around, yeah, yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> all right, buddy. I will talk to you later. This is uh, this is the Here You Are Wassa podcast. I'm Dino. Eric. And so if they wanted to find us on social media, pretty much just let's just make them go to Twitter. Yeah. yeah. At Here You Are Wassa. Okay. All right, buddy, I'll talk to you later. Have a good one. CBR Street Gang, this is Bob Bidey, over. CBR Street Gang, this is Bob Bidey, standing by, over. CBR Street Gang, this is Bob Bidey, standing by, how do you copy? They were going to make me a major for this. And I wasn't even in their fucking army anymore. Everybody wanted me to do it. Him most of all. I felt like he was up there, waiting for me to take the pain away. He just wanted to go out like a soldier, standing up. Not like some poor, wasted, rag-ass renegade. Even the jungle wanted him dead. And that's who he really took his orders from anyway. I want you and your boys to cease and desist from violating the American airwaves, or I won't be responsible for the consequences. Further communications may not be possible. It's a sky. It's got a pirate radio station. We What's on the comm channels? Very active, sir. Multi-phasing transmissions overlapping. It's almost a gibberish. Welcome. 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 Welcome.